What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. My name is Nick. If it's your first time and you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. If you're wanting to get more information about Morning Breath or just East Coast in general, go download our app. Or you can go to our website at eccc.us. I'm really excited about today's episode because it's an interview between Pastor Matt Stahlbaum and the pastor of Seacoast Church, Pastor Chip Judd. I'm going to get out of the way. Enjoy today's episode. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, what's up, East Coast? We're here in Charleston, South Carolina at the ART Conference. I've got a great opportunity to interview Pastor Chip Judd. He is a pastor and a minister, and he's been a counselor for over 40 years. He is one of the main care guys here at Seacoast Church, one of the best churches in America. We love Seacoast Church. Let's talk with Pastor Chip Judd today. Thanks for being here with us. We've been talking a lot about mental health. We've been talking about thinking about what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, just right away, how important is it that we as Christians have a healthy mindset? Uh, I'd I'd say it's, I call it the the juiciest area of your personal growth. Um, I have this little phrase I like to use, BTFA equals R. I know that's a little weird. BTFA equals R. B is belief, Mm. T is think, F feel, A act, R result. In other words, what you believe drives what you think, what you think drives what you feel, what you feel drives how you act, and all of that together creates the result that you get. So what I found all the years, like you said, 40 years working with individuals, teams, marriages, families, is until your thinking changes, which if you think about this, thinking is really talking to yourself in a sense. Until the way you talk to yourself changes, not much else is going to permanently change. You might have a, a breakthrough, you know, where you're kind of, oh, I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. But whatever that is, is probably going to circle back around until you've really dug a little deeper and worked on changing the way you think, which is driven by, you know, what you believe about God, yourself, others. Man, that is so good. You know, I, as I sit here and listen to you, I, I think a lot of us feel like maybe we're the only one with a problem, mm. like internally. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of looking at everyone going, well, everyone's doing so good, but me, you yeah. know, how, how common do you find it, this struggle with what we believe, what we think, and, and uh, how do you see that working out in all the people that you talk yeah. to? I mean, honestly, man, I would say everybody deals with something like I, I would say this way, everybody's stuck in some area. Mm. And, and the thing, the tricky thing about it is we can be doing great in this area, this area, you know, marriage or finances or whatever, but all of us are stuck somewhere. And stuck just means there's some non-productive, destructive, unhelpful cycle that we keep repeating. Mm. And uh, all of us have one. All of us have at least one. And um, here's the weird thing. It's a gift when you're made aware of it. Uh, you know, we, like you've heard of a blind spot, right? Oh yeah. Well, think about what that word means. A blind spot means something that's out in the open, but you're unaware of it. And so 
one of the gifts life gives us is showing us things about ourselves that need to be worked on, grow, change. And, uh, but it's what you do with that from there. Mm. And most people don't like admitting they have issues, but they're missing the opportunity. Every issue you have is an opportunity to grow. And uh, if we can just wrap our heads around that, man, life can get so much better. That is so good. You know, one thing we are talking about even today, we're kind of making the point that sometimes you need some help to see certain things. You know, what, what are some of those reservations and, and how can we overcome them to just opening ourselves up? Yeah. And maybe even like, who are the right people to talk to about wow. maybe some yeah. of the things that we have? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, and this is what I love. You know, I was a Christian pastor and even when I went back to school to get my master's in counseling. And I say that to say that I already had a pretty good spiritual foundation. So I go into these classes at a secular school and we study the soul and psychology and all that. And what I was blown away by is, this is what I tell people about psychology. Psychology starts wrong because they don't believe in the fallenness of man. And it ends wrong because they don't believe we need a savior. So it starts wrong and ends wrong, but in the middle, they've learned some really, really cool stuff. And one of the things that I, I stumbled onto was this simple thought that way back in the front of the book is what I consider to be the root of almost the root of almost every situation we deal with. So you got the fall, right? Genesis 3, the serpent comes, tempts Eve, and they fall. God comes looking for them in the garden. And the first encounter between God and fallen man is, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I was afraid because I was naked so I hid. The number one fear, Dr. Phil will tell you this in his first book, the number one fear people have is rejection. Mm. Most people say public speaking, but that's a version of rejection. So the number one fear we have is rejection. What is rejection? Rejection is a, a sense of not being accepted, belonging. So it says, I was afraid, fear, because I was naked. What does that mean? Exposed, fully known, so what's the outcome? I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So the problem we've got when it comes to dealing with our issues is, I would rather you believe I don't have any, which makes me hide them, which perpetuates the issue. And like I would say this, Matt, what the church unfortunately is really good at is teaching people how to pretend. Mm. And people learn really early how to pretend everything's okay and it's the absolute worst thing you can do. Now, the second part of what you said was, who do you talk to? And that's where it gets a little trickier. I, I, I tell people this, if you have someone in your life who loves you just the way you are, and they've proven they'll speak the truth to you when you need to hear it. They love you just the way you are, and they'll speak the truth to you when you need to hear it. You should pay them. <laughs> do whatever you have to do to keep them in your life. That is so good. That is so good. I think you're so right. It seems like there is a culture of hiding. Yeah. And honestly, I think some of it's because we've had a culture of punishment versus acceptance and saying, yeah. hey, let's work together because a lot of us can be hiding. You know, yeah. let's, I love it. That's one of the things that we're talking about, being able to open up. And I don't think it's just about opening up, but it's, it's ultimately about getting to freedom, right? Mm -hmm. 
What's freedom look like? What's freedom look like as a believer? Freedom in your mind, you know, freedom in your soul. Is it possible as a Christian to, to pursue that freedom and, and obtain that? Yeah, but I do think it's, it's, it's a process, not an event. You know, we love to sing songs about, you know, Jesus set us free and that kind of thing. And, and he did legally, but functionally, practically, am I free in my emotional rhythms and cycles? Am I free in my relationships? Am I free in the behaviors? You know, Romans 7 says, the thing that I hate, I do. The thing that I don't want to do, I don't do. I don't know if I said that right. You know what I mean. Yeah, what you don't want to do, you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, so we, we, we fight that part of us that wants to be free but isn't yet. And um, Jesus did die to set us free. But it's, uh, I think I said a second ago, it's a process, not an event. It's not a weekend project. It's, mm. it's, I would say, to, this is the way I like to say it, you're going to be working on something for the rest of your life. Now, the reality is, it doesn't have to be the same something. You really, really can be set free in areas that matter. Like, here's a cool verse, Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24. 22 says, put off the old man. Mm. So you say, okay. What does that mean? That means all the ways I acted and behaved and the ways I tried to get my needs met before I met Jesus. So 22 says, put off the old man. 24 says, put on the new man. Mm -hmm. In other words, learn some new ways to get my needs met, treat other people, etc. Sandwiched in between the two, put off the old man, put on the new man, is this interesting phrase, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Mm -hmm. So putting off the old man, being renewed from the inside out in the spirit of your mind and then put on the new man. And um, that's, again, not a weekend project. And you're going to need help. You're going to need people around you that help you catch your blind spots. And, and probably one of the biggest things, and you alluded to it in one of your questions, is um, like I, I like to tell pastors this, normalize dysfunction. Mm. Make it normal to be messed up a little bit. Here's a book written back in the 70s, Dating Myself. The title was I'm Okay, You're Okay. And it was about a particular style of counseling. But here's the reality. I'm not okay and you ain't either. But it's okay. I'm a mess, you're a mess. But it's okay. And we can walk together toward greater health, greater wholeness. Um, and give each other grace. I think it's so, so important. Um, and it might be just for me growing up as a pastor's kid and as yeah. a pastor, uh, messing up was not really one of those things that people liked, you know? Had to learn how to fail, sometimes just laugh it off and say, hey, I'm normal. Uh, another just thought here, you know, through what everyone's been going through as a culture, we've had uh, the year 2020, which has been unprecedented for really our generation, the last right. 40 years, really we've never seen anything like it. Right. Pandemic, all the public pressure, but then all the private pain as well. Have you seen mental health? Have you seen people really needing this more? It's becoming more to the surface? or And, and maybe what some of the things are you noticing across your conversations with people? Um, I find myself using this thought a lot. Pressure reveals cracks. Mm. Pressure reveals cracks. So a lot of what happens in a situation like we've been in is, sure, it can create issues, create 
problems create you know hurts and wounds and whatever but i would say more often what it actually does is reveal what's already there mm. and so uh, so i would say that's the biggest thing that i've seen in the awareness level of uh you know the fact that we need people um Believe it or not, there's been some positive things. Like, like uh, I work with our campus pastors, and we we started where we met every every week throughout the whole COVID thing, and it was it was just awesome. But here's one of the things we found as we were coming back to sort of normal, whatever that means, uh, the stress level went back up, and the stress level went back up because most of the people had achieved or acquired a rhythm with their family that was stronger, healthier than they had before. They were spending more quality time as couples, as kids, et cetera. And, um, and they were scared, if you will, afraid, as they re-entered you know, normal, whatever that is. And they were worried about, can I preserve some of the wins that we've had? So it was kind of a, a mixed bag. My biggest concern, honestly, Matt, is that the church, capital C, hasn't really thought through what we learned, could have learned, should have learned, and what we should take away from this experience. A hundred percent. You know, uh, the extra pressure of returning back and keeping yeah. some of the old ways, I see it, I see it immensely. I, I was reading recently, uh, a psychologist was asked, um, what do you think the result of all this will be? Do you think humanity will fall apart? And he suggested, no, I think it's going to produce resilience in people. And I just wonder, you know, what, uh, what the enemy is meant for evil. Like, how is God going to work this for our good? What, what ways do you see people kind of rising up through uh, this season and Christians on the other side of some of these things? How, how do you see that kind of working out? My biggest issue going into it, in other words, before it ever happened, was pace and space. Mm -hmm. The pace we live at and the, the space between us. Um, intimacy requires proximity, vulnerability. And I would say that I had major concerns about the pace most of us live at. You know, our, our devices keep us engaged all the time, keep us, we, we get snippets of information, we get snippets of conversation. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Matt, but I find that the ability to have a really deep connecting conversation is almost becoming a lost art. Oh, I see it. Yeah, like, like one, I remember, oh gosh, this is probably 10, 15 years ago, I was working with this leader up in Indiana, young guy, 30-ish, you know, a little full of himself, you know, talented guy. And uh, I'd been up there a couple of times, so I had the relationship where I could say this. And we're sitting about like you and I are talking. And I finally just kind of just, I was just done with it. And I stopped him and, and I said, hey, I said his name. I said, do you mind if I say something a little personal? And he said, no, go ahead. I said, do you realize I never feel like I have your attention? Mm. Never. I never feel like I have your full attention. I, I have it for about three to seven minutes. And then I can see it in your eye, you're spinning plates back here. Now, what's that got to do with your question? I think COVID gave us the opportunity, keyword, to slow down and learn how to be more present. Mm. And I'm a little worried that even if we did gain some ground in that area, I'm a little worried that we're going to give it right back up as we get back into the pace of things. I just think 
I think you'd have a hard time finding fast in the Bible. It's just not there. Mm. And I think I really would love us all to just kind of think about how can I, how can I be where I am better? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. And um, and slow down. You know, it makes me think of uh, I think the Message translation talks about the rhythms of His grace, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you mentioned the rhythms of like us connecting better with our families, with each other, and then God. there's that with the Lord. Yeah. You know, maybe a just one or two practical ways that we could uh, spend some time with the Lord. Because yeah. I know in that space, our mind heals, our yeah. soul heals. Yeah. What are some practical ways that we could maybe spend yeah. some time uh, with Jesus as we kind of close the yeah. conversation down? You know, you were, where you were talking about was from Matthew 11. And in the whatever, New American, I think it says this. Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Now imagine that, first of all. The God of the universe says he's meek and lowly in heart. That's pretty amazing. And, uh, and he says you'll find, and this is, I just noticed this in the last year or two. He said, and you'll find rest for your soul. He doesn't say for your body. Like This is something I've learned about rest. Rest is not the absence of activity. Rest is an internal state of peacefulness in the midst of activity. So what he's saying there is come to me. That's the first thing you gotta figure out. How, what is a rhythm, what's a, what's a way that come to me? Like what I love to do, Matt, I, I love coffee. So I love starting my day, I read one chapter and just sit with my coffee and just be with God. I might pray, you know, very emphatically about something. I may just put on some nice instrumental worship and just soak. Um, but just come to me. And then he says, take my yoke. What does that mean? I, I, I remember one time I was meditating on this, ver this these verses, and I felt like he said, live on a short leash. Live on a short leash. What do you mean? Well, practice staying close to God. Like in where you go, what you do, what you think. Just practice that. Play with it. But the biggest thing would be slow down. Some, somebody was, a, it's a challenge to say three minutes, but three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, practice just being still. You'd be amazed at what it does to your soul slash brain when you just allow it to be still. A lot of stuff I'm reading lately is talking about how we, we're losing the capacity to be bored. Isn't that an interesting thought? It is. We're losing the capacity to be bored. Kids don't know how to be bored. Mm -hmm. And what we don't realize is boredom is therapeutic to our brains, to our little brain. <laughs> it's therapeutic to be bored because it, 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 it cleanses itself and reorders itself when we're bored. Yeah. And uh, That's good. So my answer to your question is just figure out a way. Let's just use five minutes couple times a day where you just get still and and try to not allow your thoughts to drive somewhere. I love that. You know, I, I think as we just kind of wrap up our conversation, I, I think I'll find myself at, sometimes at the highest of highs and sometimes I'm dipping down and, you know, and, and I don't know where, you know, you might be listening to this, you'd feel up or down, but just, you know, one last maybe little kind of statement of hope that would just say, hey, wherever you find yourself, 
you know, uh, as you as you press in and lean into that space with the Lord, what's that look like in just moving us up and moving our trajectory towards kind of hope for today? The biggest thing I've learned, 45 years now walking with the Lord, the biggest thing I've learned is how to what I call R and R, how to receive and rest in His love. Mm receive and rest and that's two separate things uh, and they're both a process but learning how to receive his love the thing that I've learned by his mercy is how to live loved not live for love but live from love mm. and so for me that what I find myself passionately working with almost everyone I work with Sooner or later, we're going to get around to the fact that God ultimately created you not so that you could love Him. That's a byproduct. He created you so that He could love you. Mm. So I think you could literally say your calling, your mission, your purpose in life is to learn to be loved. So good. And so for me, the most important thing you can learn is how to receive that love and, and rest in it. That is so good. And I, I, I so appreciate you, you sharing with us. And you know, maybe you're sitting here watching this. We, we want you to understand that, uh, you know what? Your Heavenly Father, He loves you. He's chosen you. And it doesn't matter at, at what season or what, what feel that you might have. You, you've got to understand God absolutely is in love with you. And let that hope pull you out and pull you up in whatever situation you might be in. Thank you so much, Chip, for speaking to us, for sharing with us. Uh, just This is one of the funnest things I've done in a while at church. Just feel the peace and just feel that sense like we needed this and we need this in our season. Thank you. Man, glad to do it. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321 454 4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. 
extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living and Memory Care Community, located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.